Yeah, buddy! Hello, everybody, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Near Mint Hockey Card Podcast. I don't know if we'll keep counting every time. It's kind of fun, though, to say episode seven. At some point, maybe we'll be just so high that we won't even care. It'll just be like, whatever, the millionth episode. But for now, it's number seven, and we've got a big one for you today. I'm Elon Dubrowski. With me is Ryan Krieg. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Pretty darn good. I'm excited for today's topic, which is selling. So we did a whole episode a few weeks ago about buying specifically on eBay and how to successfully bid. Uh, Now we're doing the opposite side of it. Like you have some stuff that you want to unload. You have your cards that you think it's time to sell. And obviously we have to talk about whether it's even a good time to sell the card that you're thinking of selling. Maybe the, the best advice we'll give is to not sell. But yeah, we'll try to give some tips on how to get the most out of your cards. Uh, before we get to that, last week we talked about card grading. And I uh, got pretty inspired from all the talk about how much more value your cards have once they're graded. And also, I also got inspired by the fact that it's going to take like six plus months to get a card graded. So yeah, the thought that I guess a lot of people probably had and we discussed was maybe just buy the card already graded, then you could get it right away. So I did that. Have you bought any graded cards lately? After the last episode, I've got three graded cards that I've bought since then. I don't think I've gotten any that recently i think maybe the last one i got was the galchenyuk that we discussed at length offline yes so we should discuss that like that that's one well i don't want to spoil the story here but yeah i think it was after that episode or maybe right before it but you dropped on the keeping carlson hockey cards discord channel which uh, we link in the show notes by the way if you want to get in and chat about hockey cards with us uh, come there because we're having a lot of fun uh, yeah, so you dropped that you bought a Galchenyuk Young Guns PSA 10 for like not much, right? Like $30? I think it was $32 Canadian with like shipping and all the costs included. Right. And like that's probably the cheapest you could spend on a PSA 10 Young Guns, right? Yeah. So I was, I mean, what I was doing was just going to PSA 10 on eBay and sorting by lowest buy now price. And he was really the only player that was active and like had potential below below 40 to 50 dollars in the 30 dollar range it's like guys that have retired guys that you know suck <laughs> uh like so he kind of stood out to me as like you know he's been disappointing but there's at least a chance there i mean um, yeah, he's a former third overall pick he did have that 30 goal season with the Habs. this is before this is while he was still a ufa right this is before he signed with the sens and yeah. i recall so you posted that then a bunch of people, and you've glommed me into that group. I don't think I was that group. But a bunch of people were like, that's a terrible decision. Galchenyuk sucks, and you've wasted your money. Uh, then I believe I said something along the lines of, well, I guess I, I assume you're hoping that he's going to sign somewhere where he'll have a chance to shine. And I think I even dropped that maybe Ottawa would be a good place for him because, you know, first of all, Ottawa cards seem to sell pretty well compared to other teams. And also, of all the teams that need a, a, a top-line center or even like a middle six winger, you know, Ottawa's one of them that actually has a spot for him potentially. And uh, that's where he signed, and you must have been pretty happy. Yeah, it was a good landing spot for both him and me as a card owner. And the interesting thing there is the cards that were listed below 50 bucks have kind of all sold. So, you know, if we're thinking about selling, you know, I've, I could sell it today and already have kind of flipped that Galchenyuk. Um, and maybe I should. But yeah, maybe we'll just talk about that today. Galchenyuk is definitely someone who we will learn pretty quickly whether he's going to take this opportunity on a $1 million one-year contract to like turn his career around, or is this going to be like his last year in the league, and by the end of the season, he's in the AHL, and the next year he signs in like Switzerland or something. So I feel <laughs> like there's a wide variance of how this can go for Galchenyuk, but... Yeah, I mean, he had the talent. Actually, as soon as I saw he signed with Ottawa, I got excited. And I was one of those people who bought one of those less than $50 ones on eBay. I found a $40 buy it now. That was like that that moment. Like like you posted, yeah. Galchenyuk got signed. And I was like, search, buy, $40. Before I even had a t- chance to think about it. Then I started regretting it instantly. But now I'm kind of excited for it to come. Especially because that's not the only uh, PSA 10 I bought last week. I bought another Ottawa senator in Brady Kachuk. Ooh. So I put my money where my mouth is from... a. F- couple episodes ago when we were doing our buy low guys and so uh, brady kachuk for you know not pennies but it was 110 and you know considering it's like 25 dollars or so to get a raw kachuk i thought might as well go for it i really like 
his chance to really balloon into a star. And I gave my reasons on those that this was a couple weeks ago. So I'm excited to now have Kachuk. I already have Shabbat from a while ago, PSA 10. Now I'm getting this Galchenyuk. So I'm building up my Ottawa Senators collection. I'm, I, I'm wearing my Sens hat today. I'm back. I think I have to go back to being a Sens fan now. They don't have Eric Carlson anymore, but uh, now I'm kind of invested. Yeah, you're like literally invested in the Ottawa Senators' success, or at least them being exciting to watch, or some reason for people to be talking about them. Yeah, that's Which, the thing. Like, yeah, we've just started this podcast, right? Uh, and there hasn't actually been hockey aside from like the end of the playoffs since we started it. Like, it'll be really fun now to watch these games and cheer not only from the people on my fantasy teams, but like I'll be cheering for Kachuk to score a hat trick and then quickly go and see if his card value's gone up. Yeah, it is interesting how that kind of triggers things but it's not like we've been without events right like i was talking a while back about how if you're gonna buy cards you need that purpose and one of those things that i was looking at was ufa guys so i got you know i still have a couple hoffman cards galchenyuk i was buying up a couple guys that were ufa or even rfa that i thought could move teams and have that impact their value so yeah Okay, well, the thing is now we'll have to decide whether... Maybe we could decide by the end of this episode whether or not you're listing your Galchenyuk today or not. Because I feel like Actually, that's... Yeah. Yeah, that would be really... Let's let's end the show on that. We'll be like, okay, should I go list it like in 20 minutes or no? Yeah, and after we've gone through all of our checklist of things to consider. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you about one more uh, purchase I made. It's also kind of an update because last, on last week's show we were talking about grading. And I believe I was talking about this Panarin Raw card that I bought at Young Guns that I was disappointed in because it had a bit of like a bad corner. That was one of the examples we were giving of why maybe you don't want to spend a lot of money on Raw cards. Because sure, I guess I could have like put up a stink and tried to return it. I don't know, like quite a hassle, you know, for in the end, like 40 bucks. But I was very disappointed in it. Then I... F- got invited to this Facebook group by you. And so that's, another, by the way, another tip we should probably add or do on another episode. Like there's other places aside from eBay and Kijiji to buy these cards. There's apparently a whole bunch of Facebook groups out there of people buying and selling and saving on all the fees, which we're going to get to in this episode. eBay takes a lot of fees when you sell a card. Anyway, yeah, so uh, some guy posted, like, I'm looking for Panarin Young Guns. And so that made life pretty easy. I was like, I have one. I was honest. I was like, there's a little bit of a ding. I was like, but what do you have? And he said, one of, he listed a bunch of cards. One of them was a Nylander PSA 10. And he was another guy on my list of the buy low guys. So we ended up working out a deal. I sent him my Panarin and $65 for the Nylander PSA 10. And I, I'm sweet. happy with it. Yeah, I'm happy with it just because I that Panarin made me sad. It, like that, like Panarin turned me off of buying raw cards off eBay for the most part, unless they're like three dollars. That's amazing. That's such a good story. I'm glad I invited you to that. And yeah, if anyone else is looking for invites to groups like that, uh, again, join our Discord or get in touch. And we'll, it's kind of like it's a big community, right? Like, and we're kind of new to that community still. But the people that are doing this a lot have kind of their their different places that they buy and sell. So eBay is kind of the easiest in and you reach the most people. But there's definitely other places to go look for selling and buying cards. Yeah, I really feel like as part of this discussion, so maybe our conclusions will be maybe to shy away from eBay just because of the high selling fees. So I guess the one big benefit of selling on eBay, aside from, of course, just the big crowd of people that you'll have to bid, but is the fact that it is an auction, right? You have the potential to get a card to get bid up higher than you were expecting to sell it for. If you're going to list a card on this Facebook group, you're just going to kind of have to say a price and then hope that you made the right decision and didn't say a price that was too low and you maybe could have gotten more. I guess you right. could try to like negotiate, I don't know, like ask the person, like, what do you want to pay? And then like, you know, <laughs> sort of like play that whole game, just like when you're making a trade in fantasy hockey. But it like, is. Uh, yeah. eBay, though, I do like that, you know, when I listed my Gretzky rookie back when we started this thing, I didn't know how much it was worth, like a KSA for Gretzky. Who knows, right? Like, so it's just like put it up and then I was able to get as much as I could until I had to pay like a 15% fee. And I didn't even know about it when I sold it. It was like a month later when they're like, here's your invoice for the month, like $150. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely positives and negatives to eBay. I like I like how easy it is. Um, I've listed, I think, over 200 cards at this point. I think wow. sold about 25 of them, um, and that's like about 500 bucks total. Um, and I don't know how easy that would be, kind of doing all the legwork to find the right people to trade these cards to. Um, but also, I haven't done as much of that. 
yeah, I guess maybe as time goes on, we'll learn and, and we'll see. Like, I guess you have to find the right Facebook group to post your cards on and maybe you'll get some people interested. Depends what you're trying to sell. I, I looked at your eBay account, uh, Neon Leon. I guess a big Drysaddle fan over here. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Some of you, I feel you're like one of these eBay sellers that's like, come on, are you really going to like your Alan Quine Young Guns listed for $25? Come on. Is it at 25 That's yeah, what you put it at. Well, um, but that's a strategy, right? I guess we'll talk about it now. Like, if you have a card you want to sell, should you b- put it at $0, like $1, and try to get people to bid up on it? Or should you just put it for some really high buy it now price and keep relisting it over and over again, just hoping one person will buy it? Like, what, what was your thought process there? Well, so for buy it now, it just lists forever. It doesn't relist. Right. So anything that you put up for buy it now is just kind of part of your, like, quote-unquote store. Um Alan Quine probably listed a bit high, to be honest. Um, but you also, like, my theory on eBay is you list it a little higher because people are going to send you offers. Oh. I, always, I always let offers come in. Um, so kind of list it a bit higher and take offers. And that also protects you a little bit from, like, price swings. So Alan Quine might not be the best example, but who knows? He could jump into the Oilers lineup and score five goals and people lose their minds. Um, and then, you know, his, his card value would go up 10 or 15 bucks. And unless you're like really on top of what you have for sale, you could end up not getting the highest price you could from that card, right? Yeah, that's a very good point. Well, that's exactly what happened with these Galchenyuks, right? Or like uh, I bought a Toffoli PSA 10 right when he got signed by Montreal. And I'm sure the seller would have, you know, raised the price of the card if they would have had time, but just jump on it. Right, so. right. Yeah. So it's kind of like the ones that you have up for a long time, you're at a little bit of a risk if if they go up really, really fast. I now, see. it's that's not like going to be a very common thing, especially when you're in season i think like the biggest moments for that to happen is like drafts or trades or i guess free agent signings um the only other thing i could see is if like a rookie comes in and puts up like seven points in his first few games right Uh, i'm sure like uh olafson on buffalo or kubalik on chicago they probably had a huge jump in a very short amount of time last season uh, okay, well, let's go through it. So, like you, so you've, you dropped a lot of info there. Uh, we're going to be talking about selling tips here. So, I guess we should just throw throw it out. Like with eBay, your options are you could do like a regular auction, and then you have a decision of what price to make as your starting bid. Then you could have this option of having offers, where even for an auction or for a buy it now, you can say I'll allow people to just send me an offer for just a, I'll buy it for this amount. Then you could just do a buy it now, and then obviously then you have a decision of whether to list it, like you said, like over the value or do you list it for a low value if you're just trying to unload it. So maybe we could just talk through some of the like, I don't know, pros and cons of these different selling methods and, you know, what you gain and lose by making these different choices. Because let's say I have, you know, let's say I want to sell my Kachuk PSA 10 right now, the one I just brought up on the top of the show. I've just raised its value by talking about it on this world famous podcast. Now I want to try to, I'm like doing a, like, is that illegal in stocks? Like you sort of, I'm doing a pump and dump here, but uh, like, I want to sell it. Like what, what would you do? And like, or what would be the thought process of deciding like how to list it, what amounts and all that? Yeah. So I guess my process, the first thing I really do is decide what I'm going to sell. And I think that is a big part of it. You need to be aware of what you want to sell and when. So I'll put, I'll generally have like a pile of things that I want to list on eBay. And that'll be for whatever reason. Like, for example, recently with the CHL draft, or I guess the NHL draft, but the CHL cards. Uh, I put all the guys from that into a pile and I'm like, okay, these are the ones that got drafted. I'm going to list those and then, you know, take all the photos of each one. I've got like a little setup to take photos quickly. Um, And then I have kind of like a little eBay listing session where I list them all. I find it easier to do it all at once rather than, you know, a one-off Maybe for like a, you know, that Galchenyuk, it might be one where I'm like, okay, I want to list this one like higher value card, but generally list them all kind of at once. Um, And I'd say there's like two different kinds of piles that I'd have. I'm either doing something that's like time-based. So like there's an event that happened like the draft or, you know, 
an upcoming event might be training camp where guys are starting to get a look on their NHL rosters. Uh, and so I'll have those ready to go. And those guys I'm typically going to be doing auction style because I want those to be timely. I want their auctions to be ending as, um, you know, preseason is kind of wrapping up or right when people are getting hyped about these guys, I want those auctions to be ending versus by now is typically, you know, guys that I want to be in my quote unquote store for a while. Uh, so it's, it's guys that like maybe they're older and their value isn't going to fluctuate much. Maybe they're retired. Um, kind of a lot of reasons that like, I might just want to like throw them in my store. Right. It's sort of just like you want to have your inventory. You want to always have a nice, consistent inventory of stuff for people to browse through things that like you say. But yeah, like during the playoffs, when you had your Victor Hedman, you wanted that on auction and try to get people to just go crazy for it. And if I recall correctly, you didn't sell your Hedman. Obviously, it depends also what your situation is. Like if you're trying to make money to have cash flow to support whatever, right. then obviously you need to, you know, obviously you're Ryan thinking more in terms of like, if I could sell it for good return now, I will. And if not, I'm going to wait and try to sell later so well that gets into like the pricing strategy a little bit and for me it's like with a guy like headman who is a superstar and i expect you know his value to go up again at some point in the future i tend to price it a little higher hoping that i'll get that but if i don't that's okay it's victor headman he's going to be in the playoffs next year so can i play like a devil's advocate just for fun of course okay so this is the way I sometimes think about it, but obviously I'm not like a professional here of selling, so I'm curious to get your thoughts. But like, let's say it was Victor Hedman right around the time he won the con Smite. So his name is like everywhere. Everyone's talking about him, had a great playoffs. And then you listed him for whatever it was, like a little bit higher than people were willing to bid on, like let's say $70, I think it was. And, you know, you didn't get any bites. I Is it possible that what if you had listed it for like $10 on an auction, you know, and then people... Because I would assume, like, people, you see stuff that's, like, starting bit of a dollar or $5 or whatever when you know it's going to go for, like, 100 plus. And so I'd imagine the psychology of why they would do it is they want to see people to see it while it's cheap, think, ooh, I might bid on that, add it to their watch list. Then you get the whole eBay machine working for you where they're going to be emailing the person being like, hey, you know, only two days left. And then, you know, maybe you bid. Maybe you're going to have people who didn't listen to our episode about strategic bidding, and they're just yeah. going to keep, you know, going high and higher and higher with still like three days left and next thing you know maybe once someone's like so invested in this auction maybe they would have spent the 70 dollars but it's just like no one wanted to sort of like off the top of like right off the bat they didn't see that 70 dollars is a good price but maybe once you're you've bid 65 and now you're just trying to you know you get that game in your head where you're like oh well if i was willing to pay 65 it's only five dollars more so i might as well just get it yeah i think for me especially starting out, and this is maybe a tip I'd give to people that are newer sellers, I am being more conservative. So setting my prices or my starting price at something that I would accept um, versus setting it much lower to gain that interest. I do think that you're right. In some cases, setting it like a lot lower than you would ever sell it for is a good strategy. Um, But I would kind yeah, there's risk involved and I'd kind of only lean to towards doing that with people that I know will be searched for. Like if you're selling a McDavid PSA 10, like you can list that for five bucks and it will sell for value um, because everybody is looking for it and wants it. Um, But like I got a Braden point for at least probably $20 under value on auction and the guy messaged me after and was like, you got a good deal on this. So it kind of didn't work out for him. I see. Yeah. I guess if you want to give eBay even more money, they do have an option where you can put it on auction yeah. and have a reserve price. So I guess the reason why you would do that is you say like, okay, I'm going to put it for a dollar to get people excited. But if it doesn't get up to this secret amount, which you set as a hundred dollars or whatever, yeah. then I'm actually not going to sell it for th- to that person. But then eBay like charges you an extra fee for that beyond the, can I say it's like, they have a whole complicated fee structure going and it depends on like how many, like your reviews and it depends on how many cards you've sold and like different things. But it looks like it's around 10 to 15% potentially that they're yeah. charging you, which is a lot, right? If you sell a hundred dollar card, you're giving them 10 bucks. It's like sales tax. Yeah, it's 
I like to say that you're losing 10 to 15% on every sale. Um, just to be like conservative about that as well and kind of be realistic about how much money you're making when you sell the card and also knowing how much you have to sell it for to actually make a profit on a card that you've bought. Um, I do think that there's some interesting uh, science and maybe some experiments that we should run with things like that, like limit that you just mentioned. Um, So maybe what we'll do is get like two identical cards and we'll list them mm. at the same time. And one person will put them in at a dollar and one will put them in at like $60 where we expect the value to be and see what happens. That would be really fun. I guess I'd be up for it. it would be, we need to get a benefactor for the podcast that can help support all of these experiments for us. Like if, if there's some a wealthy person that wants to fund this we can do it with like mcdavid psa 10s and i think that would be a very exciting experiment <laughs> we could do it with our uh galchenyuks i guess if we yeah, want yeah or we both probably have like a panarin or like something of that level right yeah but i don't want to sell my panarin <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i feel you i feel you which but, actually uh, leads to another thing we wanted to talk about today which is maybe the first lesson of how to sell things is deciding whether you should sell it or not. Because one thing I've noticed is if you go back and listen to like the first one or two episodes of this podcast, again, we're only on episode seven here, so this isn't that long ago, less than two months ago, I remember saying, I feel like Elias Pettersson is kind of low. Like I feel like compared to some of the other big superstars, Pettersson PSA 10s are going for like 200, like maybe a little more. And I remember thinking like, I'm going to buy, I think I even said on the show, like I'm going to try to get an Elias Pettersson PSA 10 Young Guns for like around $200. And I remember I like, I set a search on eBay and like there were a couple of times where I was bidding on it up until like it got to 200, then it ended up going for like 210, 215. So I was like, ah, whatever. No, I'm not going to get it because I'll just wait. I'm sure eventually there'll be one that I can get for less than 200. Well, fast forward. Now I, I was dumb. Now they're selling for almost 300. Like I'm looking at auctions going for like 260, 260. 70 so it's like it seems to me like and nothing Pedersen hasn't done anything he's probably just chilling or maybe training I don't know maybe he had a good tweet that I missed but well, in general <laughs> yeah actually not to interrupt you but he has been doing something he showed up on this is just like hilarious he, this guy is an athlete he can do whatever he wants uh someone challenged him to this like basketball challenge where you like go through the legs and do all this crazy things he went and bought his like first basketball and could just like do it with no practice and then i think it was like a couple days ago even he was on uh who are the two ridiculous hockey guys that like hit each other (laughs) i don't know anyways they're like two goofs and he was on with them and he he suited up his goalie in like full goalie gear and he was moving like he's played goalie his whole life. It was wow. nuts. Okay, so maybe that is the reason why it's gone up. Because, yeah, obviously hockey cards aren't only based on hockey stats. It's just based on the profile that people are talking about him getting excited. So maybe he's not the best example. But it does seem... I think I've also been following the uh, McDavid PSA 10s. Yeah. And I've seen them going up. Again, since we just started the podcast, I feel like we were looking at around 1,400, And now I'm seeing them selling for like 1,600 plus. So... It kind of seems like cards are going up right now. And I would think, and I think you've said the same thing, I would imagine, unless something crazy happens, like it should go up higher when the actual season starts. Because right now, people aren't even watching hockey. Like you'd think once the season's going and hockey's like on everyone's minds, there'll be probably more interest in buying the hockey cards, the people you're like watching on TV every day. So unless you're, yeah, so unless it's like a very specific circumstance, I wonder if now is just not a good time to sell your high-valued cards because I feel like things are going to get better once the season starts. Yeah, so I I have a lot of cards kind of just, you know, in the hopper waiting for the season to kick back off. Uh, preseason, season, like just basically people to be paying attention to hockey again. Um, I think what you're talking about is partially just like the industry continuing to get more popular um so the cards are kind of slowly going up in value um but i'm hanging on to a lot of things in anticipation of hockey coming back and then i'll probably list like hundreds of cards um to get ready for that kind of thing um but there are some things that i'll list today or that i've already listed obviously i was talking about ones that i've listed already um one good example is I listed all those CHL cards. So those ones are timely because the draft just happened. Uh, they also, 
um, are going to become less valuable as soon as their actual young guns come out. So like there's kind of a deadline on those. Um, I also personally will list basically I'll, I'll call them like stale players. Um, so like, you know, not necessarily bad players, but just players that have been in the league a long time that people aren't really that hyped about, even if they're still getting 60 points a season, uh, like maybe Pavelski, Couturier, like that type of guy. If I have an autograph card or something from them, I don't have any problem listing it now. Uh, same goes for like retired guys. Cause like, I don't really expect them to change in value unless, unless they still have a chance at like the hall of fame, for example. But like, um, is yeah. it possible that if the industry just like more people are interested in hockey cards and wouldn't the value just kind of rise up just because it's like the tide raising the sinking ship, whatever that saying is. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right, but I don't know. Like maybe those guys, not so much like they're at $15 and I don't kind of like, maybe they'll go to 20, but it's like not as big a deal. And as you say, people are getting into the, sport now the sport of trading hockey cards um and they're going to be excited about the young guys right like they're going to be excited about doc and Pedersen and whatever and like they're going to get those guys first it's funny uh i so i posted on our discord channel this like ebay auction that i found which i think is uh over now i think it got sold uh so it was like this is like if you just think the industry is gonna go up this was and you and also if you're this rich benefactor that we were talking about uh it was a eleven thousand dollars us for an auction of eight psa 10s uh two crosby's two ovechkin's two mcdavid's and two matthews and i did the math and it was basically a like a pretty fair value in terms of like what those cards have sold for recently that eleven thousand us was around what those cards are, are worth and so that would have been i, I was thinking of that could be like an index fund sort of where you're just right. like buying hockey the hockey card industry because probably yeah. if hockey cards become more popular then crosby ovechkin mcdavid and matthews will become more popular yeah, I think I said to you that like Gretzky needs to be included in there for it to be a true index. But yeah. I also feel like if you're spending that much in like a big pack of cards, like you should be getting a deal, not just like industry rate. Yeah, well, I guess. I guess because all these cards are still like not too hard to get. Like if I really want a Crosby PSA right. 10, I could probably get one for the fair value. But that's what I thought about the Pedersen PSA 10 and now two months later and I wish I got it back when I did so maybe you know we'll be looking listening back to this episode in, in six months and being like man if I had $11,000 I could have turned that into $20,000 yeah. only I uh, you know what yeah. wasn't so I, cheap <laughs> yeah I actually I, I remember another reason that I'm selling cards right now because you're kind of wondering you know what am I doing listing all these cards um well no i was you know asking for fun <laughs> like well question yeah no but like it's it's a good question like if the industry is going up why list all your cards um and for me part of it is like i've never sold on ebay before so i need to start getting an ebay rating i need oh, yeah. to start getting a higher limit something i found out fairly soon into this process is like when you start as an ebay seller you're only allowed to list i think it's a hundred cards uh, in your first month. So if you're listing a bunch of cards just to start off with, they just, you just hit a brick wall and it's not like they tell you about this before you start. So you might be like mid trying to, to list a bunch of cards that you want to sell. And they're like, Nope, can't do that. Um, so what happens is as you start to getting a positive seller rating on eBay, every month they kind of evaluate you and you're like, okay, you've been getting your positive reviews. Like I've got, I think 88 or 80 positive reviews at this point. And they upped my monthly limit of how many cards I can list. So not only are you like becoming more trusted by the people buying you, which is super important. um, You're able to list more cards if you start doing that. So I guess like my suggestion would be is if you have like, I don't know, like inserts or like stuff that isn't like, you're not expecting to go crazy. Um, start selling now if you want to be a seller kind of ongoing. Okay, yeah, that actually does make a lot of sense. And also, I should, like, not be speaking in two generalities, right? Like, because I was talking about Pedersen and McDavid have gone up recently. Those are obviously special cases. Lap here in the chat is saying he shears actually, he's seen gone down recently. You're lucky to get $15 at auction, and it was selling for that, like, during the playoffs. So that is 
fair and obviously i guess it seemed my impression right now is that the prices seem to be going up overall but i could be totally wrong and i i'm really excited just for the season to start because <laughs> i don't collect hockey cards like i chose hockey cards and not basketball or football cards because i like hockey and i like watching hockey and i feel like that's gonna be a big part of it is to have cards of people and then see how they're doing and do this whole like if they're doing really well decide if i should try to sell high or not so yeah but yeah that's why we're we're going. Th- this is kind of like the uh, training session of the Near Mint Hockey Card Podcast. These are all you know episodes where we're giving the basics of trying to like lay some right. groundwork. And yeah. then I'm re- uh, this will probably be a whole different podcast once the season starts. We won't have like today's about selling, tomorrow's about grading. It's just going to be about what happened this week. Like should right, we buy this right. guy? <laughs> well, in like in a year's time, it'll be like okay, what do I think about selling as you know maybe not a novice but like an amateur seller. Like, right. what tips do you have at this point? What lessons have been learned in the last year? Um, and something to your point about the season starting, if it does start in January, which is what they're aiming for, um, it's going to be a weird time in the selling and buying uh, marketplace because, you know, Christmas is coming. So shipping is going to get nuts. Oh. Um, so that's something I'm thinking about with listing cards a little bit. Um, and then the season is going to start a bit after that when the post office and FedEx and all these people are still playing catch up. So, you know, that doesn't really affect you if you're investing in a card more long term. But if you're someone that's trying to say like flip a card in a month or less, that could become pretty difficult. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, I guess that's something you have to consider man there's so many aspects that you have to be considering when you're deciding when to buy and sell stuff i didn't think about how like the shipping gets more difficult around christmas time i guess you could also think like you should be trying to sell cards that you think might make for good christmas gifts i don't really know what that means but i feel like that seems to make sense no, somewhere it, in my head it's true it's true yeah and if you have that type of card maybe you'll get a little bit of a bump if if it's like someone's favorite player is there like any Matthews wearing a Santa hat or something oh like my that God. out there? Or like the St. Pat's one? Don't you think that like Upper Deck should release a holiday themed pack? <laughs> like set of I would not players? be surprised if that already exists. There are sometimes like hockey teams come out with like funny pictures of like all the players in ugly Christmas sweaters or something. So just throw that on some cards and I'm sure people would want them. <laughs> I'm sure there's a collector out there collecting like weird cards or you know, even Halloween costumes or like specific stuff like that. You know that uh, I've been so obsessed with this like whole collecting thing now that like I was watching an episode of Sopranos recently. My wife and I are watching through <laughs> the series. We're only on like season three right now, just on the start of season three. And there's this whole storyline where I'm not don't worry, I'm not going to spoil something big, like big, but like Tony's sister wants to get her hands on her mom's record collection because there are some like gem records in like mm. mint condition. Like they're referring that yeah. they, they think like the right collector will sell it. And it's like I was just thinking like I wonder how much those records are worth and like back then i don't think ebay was like a big thing but i wonder what how was she planning on selling those records like i was uh, totally lost on the actual story of the drama of her like bullying the maid into trying to give her get her to give her the records but it was more just like how are you gonna sell those records i want to know yeah because it's like the olden times and like where what are you doing with those yeah is she gonna find uh, like an agent or like sell it to an auction house and then get the, i don't know i'd be curious to get the whole story there but maybe, uh, maybe you know i'm not done the season yet so maybe it'll come back I don't know if the records have been resolved. Uh, okay, so I see here in our notes for the episodes, I definitely want to get to this before we close. You've got some trials and tribulations, like stories of your adventures in eBay. So I definitely think you should share yeah. some of these with the listeners. Yeah. Um, so one one thing, and it's actually outside of there, but related is kind of one of my biggest tips is like to be organized with your cards. If you only have 10, like you're going to be fine. But if you start ending up with... A bunch of cards it's important to have those cards organized by you know ones that you're keeping ones that you want to list um and especially separating the ones that you have listed uh or the ones that have already sold that you need to send out um there was a situation where i sold a card on ebay a heiskanen rookie authentics which which is just a different it's just a rookie card it's not like a true rookie card Um, and I looked through every card I have and could not find the card. 
Oh no! So I was, I was like, "What do I do?" <laughs> right? Wait. For, so, like, what do you think happened to it? So, either I lost it, like it's like somewhere in my apartment, but I think it's more likely that I sold another set of Heiskanen cards. Um, it was a, a set of four, and you gave and it a bonus. I just like added it to that pile <laughs> unwittingly. And How so much that, is that worth, just to get a sense of this mess up? Uh, I think it sold for like $5.50. Okay, so it's not as if like you gave someone like $100 worth of Haskinen. Okay, cool. All right, continue. Yeah. So what did you do? Yeah. So you have someone that you sold it to on eBay. You have to send them the card. Does eBay have a policy for that? Well, eBay does have like a way of like canceling orders and all this stuff. But my policy is like, you know, you're, you're like any store, like you have to make your customers happy. Uh, and so what I did was I reached out to this person that bought it directly and basically said, sorry. Um, and what can I do for you? Uh, and basically like, can I give you another, can I sell you another card or whatever? Like I'll give you a deal on something cause I screwed this up. Um, and so what ended up happening is he saw that I was selling a Jamie Ben, uh, that I had listed and, you know, I think I listed it for $75, say. I had bought it for, I think, $25. I'm probably a little bit off on these prices, but that's the gist of it. So I was, I was listing it, like, quite hot. Uh, and so this guy was interested in it. And basically, I offered him this card at, I think it was $50 or 55 In any case, I made, like, $10 on it where I was hoping to kind of invest in it. Um, and, you know made him happy, sent him that card. Uh, and I was just looking through my reviews, I think yesterday or the day before, and he gave me a positive review and even said in it, like, you know, didn't have the card, but like made it right. Oh, so there you go. So, and in the end, I'll bet you it was, it was still a good sale. Like, I'd be curious to know if that Jamie Ben is still worth as much because Ben had that spike in the playoffs. And now who, who wants Jamie Ben cards right now? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't a total failure right. in terms of a flip, but... Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. obviously, yeah, the point of your story is that if something crazy like that happens, you probably don't want to risk your eBay rating in exchange for, like, trying to make the most money because this could end up costing you money, not only in terms of sales, but eBay, I think. I, I saw that they, ch- you have to pay higher fees if you have, like, returned cards or like returned they don't say it as cards you know like if you've had things you've sold returned that like is a hit to you and you pay higher fees so you have to be careful to not get bad reviews or to have things happen right yeah yeah i mean there's that and there's also the fact that i think in the industry or at least this was it's what i've seen in a few places if you see a seller rating that's below 99 percent, which basically means like almost all of the reviews are positive like it's suspicious so, you know, people aren't going to trust you as much if you have like a 95% sales rating um, because obviously things have gone wrong. You, you kind of have to screw things up to not get a good rating. Yeah. By the way, uh, Lap in the chat room here has a trial and tribulation where he got a card at a sick price and then the seller canceled and and just said, <laughs> this is what Lap wrote. The seller said, what are you going to do? Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the issue, right? Like, eBay has the ability to cancel on both sides. So you can have that happen to you if you're the buyer, and the seller can just be like, nah, um, which apparently is becoming a bit of an issue. Or something that happened to me is I sold a, a pair of Lafreniere cards. Actually, I've sold this pair of Lafreniere cards twice now. And the first time, the user messaged me and was like, oh, I misread your listing and he just canceled it. And I was like, Oh, okay. And like, it's on auction. So like the auction ended, uh, so have to, like do like, it all over again when I wanted it to end and all this stuff. Right. And like, so he won it, but then it was like, I don't want it. And I was like, all right, fine. I'll approve this. And then I, I relisted them and they sold again to a different person. And they've just been sitting in like, not, not paid for, I think, almost two weeks. Oh no. Uh, and like, I keep sending them the invite invoice. Um, I actually had to like do the official eBay, like make a claim thing, uh, to try and get it figured out. So yeah, like sometimes people just don't pay for what they bought. Man. So I guess another reason to, uh, 
maybe get into these Facebook groups because eBay, you're going to have some issues. Obviously, you could, this like the most profits, like uh, the, obviously there's these sellers who are selling like hundreds of cars a month and they've got a whole business going and it's worth it for them to go through all of this. But maybe if you only have one or two cars to sell, maybe, yeah, one of the lessons I've started to take away is it's good to maybe look elsewhere first. Yeah. But of course, what you're saying makes sense that you're someone who you've told me that your dream or one of your dreams is like maybe to quit your job and like become a full time <laughs> hockey card store owner. So in that case, you probably do want to have a really good eBay rating. So it probably is worth selling a lot of stuff there just to like raise your profile because that'll help you if you ever want to make a big career change in the future. Yeah. And it's just like eBay is just a bit safer on both sides as well because. Well, that's true you do have to have a level of trust with anyone in like a Some third party group. group, right? Yeah. Like it's a very direct transaction and they're very good about like vetting people and making sure everything's cool. But I don't know how much I would send to someone on a group just to like, like imagine you're buying like that, that Crosby young guns and it's like $3,000. Like, are you just sending them three K uh yeah that would be very yeah exactly like the the person who i got this nylander from in exchange for my panarin and 65 dollars worst case i lose my panarin and 65 dollars right. but like yeah it's not like three grand <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a yeah. very good point though it was pretty funny after i uh made that deal the the guy sent me a video on facebook like a video message being like okay man here you go and it's like him like with the uh envelope like he showed me putting it in the envelope he sent me a picture and then he had a video of him putting the envelope into the mailbox like okay here you go good luck (laughs) (laughs) that's great yeah i mean i have found that in general the community is amazing people will send you photos of the things that they're shipping like the packaging and everything and i've had no issues with it so it like definitely look into these other avenues but just be careful yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, don't uh, don't hold us responsible if you join a Facebook group and then get ripped off by someone. But uh, <laughs> the one that you invited me to seems pretty good. So yeah, it is. I don't know if people want to come on the Discord and then Ryan will send you an invite. Uh, I think it, so far it seems good. I mean, I actually haven't gotten this Nylander yet, but I saw the video of him dropping it in the mail. It was only at the end of last that week. That seems so real. I think it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so that's uh, what, anything else you want to discuss about selling cards before we sign off for the week? Um, I don't think there's anything like huge that I want to talk about. I think maybe we'll, we'll end on like stuff that I I might sell. Yeah. Like the Galchenyuk. Um, I was looking at selling a couple hall of famer cards whenever they do that, but apparently they're delaying the next hall of fame induction a whole year. So, um, I think because they want the ceremony to be really special for those people. Oh yeah, that's a good point. And it's yeah. it's not as special right now. Um, if you don't have and there's n- actually there. Yeah, there's no like, there's no real hurry, right? To to mm-hmm. give them those awards. So so yeah, I mean, in that case, it's kind of nice if you want to invest in the next class, which is Alfredson, the Sedin, Zetterberg, McGillney, those types of guys. Um, but as far as like what I'm selling next right now, I just have kind of a stack of inserts that I might list. Um, but I, yeah, I'm mostly waiting. Um, but what do you think about the Galchenyuk? What what are we what are we thinking? Okay, well here's here's my current thought process. Let me know what you think. Maybe in the chat room here we've got Mathieu and we have Lap. Maybe they can help uh, break the tie here if we disagree. But so like you said that you could sell it right now and make like twenty dollars profit, which is pretty uh, good. Well. I bought it for 32. If I sold it at 50, I only get 90% of that. True. Okay. So, so that's $5 off. $5 off. $10, let's say. So I'd be making 13 on my yeah. Alex Galchenia PSA 10. Okay, if- so you could make $13. You're good. Galchenia PSA 10. So then what could happen? Like, I think preseason starts maybe you could if theoretically you could wait till like preseason and let's say Galchenyuk comes out strong and you know sometimes players who aren't even that good have like a strong preseason you know he's probably very motivated but you know I guess a lot of young players also are going to be motivated to make a good showing on preseason but like I could see potentially like some hype going up for him going into the season you know the Sens are going to want to justify bringing him in maybe you know maybe he's you know the coach is talking about how like they're excited about what they're seeing he's like a brand new brand new person so maybe like you 
could wait and sell it like in preseason, or you could like just wait for the season to start. And then I feel like things could go one of two ways. Or like Galchenyuk can theoretically rejuvenate his career. Like he was a former third overall pick. He scored 30 goals way back when for the Habs, like in like 2016, 17, which isn't like so, so long ago. He's only like 25, 26 years old. So theoretically, you know, this, you know, we would have thought about this when he went to Arizona. Or we would have thought this when he went to Pittsburgh. And we would have thought this when he went to Minnesota. But I guess one more time, we could say, like, maybe here's where he can rejuvenate his career and make something of himself. And in that case, maybe you can sell it for, like, 60. I don't know, whatever. Like, you know, because a PSA 10, you don't even have to be that good, I think, to be worth, like, $50, $60. Yeah. Especially, and Ottawa's a good market. So theoretically, he's on the top power play. Like, I'm taking the best case scenario. I think definitely you're selling him this year. Because I don't oh, think yeah. the Sens have him in their long-term future. Future, and then who knows where he goes afterwards so your best case scenario is he has a hot start and you sell him then the worst case is he makes the team or maybe he doesn't make the team right that's Whoa, the worst worst yeah, case no. or he like makes the team but it's like a bottom sixer does nothing maybe by the time the trade deadline comes he's not even playing every game he's getting healthy scratched and then the contract runs out and then next thing we know we see next summer that he signed in Switzerland, and he's, like, done his NHL career. And in that case, that card will be worth, like, nothing. Like, I don't think you'll be able to find anyone willing to buy it, and you'll probably lose the whole $30. So, uh, I don't know. The safe move would probably be just to sell it now. But if you want to try to make an extra $10, $20 by waiting, well, I guess you could. So, my counter-argument would be, and I think, like, for me, I'm probably going to, like, put an auction up that ends when the preseason ends. So, like he'll get some hype in the preseason because hopefully yeah. he can like do something in the preseason. It's not that hard. Um, and then maybe sell it for like 70 bucks, kind of double the, uh, the value on it. But the reason that I don't think I'd sell it right now is when you look at the PSA 10 young guns on eBay and you sort by it now by like lowest price, there's like five guys that are under $32. Um, like you're looking at like Zach Bogosian, Max Lajoie, like Nick Ritchie, Ryan Donato is 35. So I, like, to be fair, like, like at these, worst, $32. Uh, I mean, Ryan Donato went to Nashville or Minnesota. He just got traded recently. And I don't know, I'm kind of excited about him to maybe do something. I I, I have more faith in Ryan Donato than Alex Galchenyuk for next okay, season. Okay, well, well, here's one. Curtis <laughs> Curtis Lazar is $38. Yeah, but for sale or has been sold? Well, for sale, but I'm just looking at, like, the ones that are there. And it's like, you know, he like, all I'm saying is, like, he'd be one of the cheapest possible PSA 10s you could buy. Yeah. So, but the question is, will someone buy it? Like yes, you're, you're, kind, you're making the argument that like you think at the very worst you could sell it for thirty. But like, let, get back to me when that Curtis Lazar sells, and then we'll <laughs> talk. <laughs> well, maybe I guess it will. at some point, maybe Lazar himself will uh, just pick it up just to stop embarrassing himself. Is Lazar still playing? I don't know. He was so he was on Ottawa. He got moved at one point, and uh, I, haven't I heard thought he was on Calgary. Maybe now. Yeah, that sounds familiar. So I don't know, yeah. but at some point, I just feel like a player that has no buzz at all. Like, why is someone spending thirty dollars on their PSA ten card unless they're related to him? Oh, by the oh no, I probably shouldn't say. I'm, I'm not going to say who it is, but there's a for, not actually former NHL player, but there's a former hockey player that just started working at my company today, and I found his profile on Elite Prospects, and he's actually available for Matthew and I to draft in our prospects draft if we wanted to, but uh, we wouldn't because I know for a fact that he works as a salesman and not as a <laughs> hockey player so does he have a hockey card uh you know what maybe not an upper deck one right because he doesn't doesn't have an nhl game yeah fair enough you should buy one that would be funny (laughs) so uh matthew said in the chat that he thinks that you should sell the galchenyuk and he's a habs fan so he's seen close up that he's not very good apparently he might have also been influenced by how much the habs fans did not like galchenyuk (laughs) Yeah, of course. And obviously management wants to make themselves sound smart by making him the scapegoat. So, okay. Deal. I say I'm going to agree with Matt and say to sell it. But I I think I'm with you for like wait till training camp. He's probably not going to like have such a terrible training camp, right? Like he's got to at least do something. And maybe who knows? Maybe he even starts the season on a good line. If he could be playing with Brady Kachuk, 
that'd be huge. And that top power play isn't exactly stacked on Ottawa. Like, I, like he doesn't have to bump too many people. Like, he'll maybe have to bump, like, Connor Brown or something to get onto the mm. top power play. So maybe it's possible. Okay, and I have a vote in the chat for would not sell from Lapper here. Oh. So it's a split decision. I think uh, hold for now. We're gonna hold at least until like hockey starts getting fun again. And okay, and then when you decide to sell it, let me know because I'm gonna have mine also, yeah. and then we'll put it up with different prices and we'll do our experiment. We'll have some fun. That'll be great. I'm okay. excited to see what happens there. So this has been another fun episode of the Near Mint Hockey Card Podcast. Look at that! Like I feel like this feels like we just started. It's already been almost an hour. So. Uh, I guess just talking about hockey cards, we could do it all night, but we might as well stop now and we could start our after show with the people watching live. Do you have anything f- to open for us today? No, nothing to open today. Um, but if you have questions or comments on anything we've talked about today, please drop them in the comments or join us in Discord. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to opening more packs. So if there's like, a certain box or type of card you want me to open connect with us as well and let us know what you'd like me to open on the show yeah definitely we want to hear from you okay so we've got all the links in the show notes twitter instagram get on our discord we want to talk hockey cards so yeah it's uh, near mid hockey on all the places so thanks again for listening we hope you enjoyed episode seven about selling and i guess one thing if you want to let it talk to us about is you can let us know what you want us to talk about next week we'll come up with something but uh if you have a suggestion we don't have anything locked in right now so let us know what you want but yeah thanks again nice talking with you ryan and i actually so another guess what i'm gonna do now it's it's all related to this hockey card thing now because now i've been going on kijiji to look for hockey cards and now since i've been on kijiji all of a sudden i have my brain in this like Kijiji mode where I'm just looking to buy lots of things for good value (laughs) and I was hanging out with some friends last week and uh, one of them she was saying that she just got a Roomba and it's amazing and she's just like sitting there and it's like cleaning her whole apartment like you know I've heard of them they seem cool but I never actually considered buying one then she was talking about I was like I looked on Kijiji and I saw a really good deal and so now I'm going to Liberty Village as soon as we're done recording and I'm gonna go pick up this Kijiji for like or sorry (laughs) pick up this Roomba (laughs) for half price I'm gonna bring it back in my nap and I'm really excited to see how this thing works and I probably would not have thought to go and get that if it wasn't for uh, getting into buying and selling hockey cards here I thought you were gonna like package it up and put it on eBay yeah I'll sell it right away (laughs) flip it (laughs) actually I think the main profit I'm gonna make from this Roomba is I have a feeling my dog is gonna totally freak out and I'm planning on filming turning Mm. on the Roomba and then seeing Cody just go nuts and who knows maybe it'll be such a great video that I'll end up putting it on YouTube and it'll go viral and I'll, I'll get rich from that so you know, I think your dog should probably make an appearance in one of our Instagram posts, like you oh. know, sorting hockey cards or something. I could do that. She better not mess up one of my cards, though, or I'll be very upset. But Maybe do yeah. it with one of your old cards that like has lost all its value. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> or I'll like wait until she's like napping, and then I'll just put it beside her, and she won't even know yeah. that the picture's being taken. Sure. All right. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you next week.